We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. I'm very happy with the new song we've just come up with for Nia Stamatopoulos. Ooh, you have a song for Nia Stamatopoulos. I'm already impressed. Yes, and it went down very well on Friday night. Um, A bit of a, just a, just a classic. Stamatopoulos, Stamatopoulos. She'll make a killer pass. She'll put you on your ass. Stamatopoulos. (laughs) That's like, that was brilliant. (laughs) Shall I just say that we're already live streaming. So thank you very much, Madge, for that. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. No, it was perfect. It was a nice, soft intro. And so what does Nia think of, of that? Did she turn around and give you a wave? She didn't get an orange because I think it was Jessie picked up the orange this week. It was Jessie. So she absolutely put in a, a great stint. So, yeah, I don't know what Nia thought. I, I should have asked her after the game, but um, I'm sure we'll be singing that a few times uh, this season. So she had a really good debut for, for the Roar, I thought, um, in midfield. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to, to more more singing all right thank you very much welcome everyone to beyond 90 the podcast this is episode 74 my name is cheryl downs my pronouns are she her we have madge and eric on the podcast with us so far i'm not sure maybe stefan will turn up later but we started off the podcast by a nice little song from madge and i'd I'd love to think that that could be a regular segment at right at the start as much as we've got history We could push history back a little bit and then we can just start off with the song of the week, which many of them might come from the the Raw Corps, which is the Brisbane Raw supporter group that um, Madge is part of and or maybe you can give us some Matildas ones as well, which would be a really nice way to lead into the Women's World Cup 2023 to make sure that everyone who listens to the podcast knows what's going on. Um, anyway, that was round two of the A-League Women's has just been done and dusted. There were some good results in there. But before we get to that, let's talk quickly about history. As always, episode 74 coincides with cat number 74. This one's a little bit different, a little bit interesting. Someone who's not necessarily coaching anymore, to the best of my knowledge anyway. But cat number 74 was Denis Pentecost. Hopefully I've pronounced your name correctly there, Denis, but uh, footballer, midfielder, filmmaker, just for something different. And not just any filmmaker, I'll go through it, but Denis Pentecost debuted in 1994. She played 25 matches for Matildas, including 14 A internationals. She competed at the 1994 OFC Women's Championship Um, And for people who are listening, Australia used to be in, sorry for the acronyms, Australia used to be in the OFC, which is the Oceania Football Confederation. But in whatever year it was, we moved to the Asian Football Confederation. And one of the reasons for that was that I think we wanted more competition, harder competition. But anyway. So there's a little tidbit. Maybe Eric will go off and find off, find out when we joined the AFC. In 1995. January 1st, 2006. Thank you very much. Yep. 
1995, Denise also played in the 19 um, in the FIFA Women's World Cup, and domestically she played her club football for Sydney Olympic. There was something in there about Blacktown as well, which I think would make Eric pretty happy. Was but post yeah, there was something in there. I'll, I'll go back and have a wee Not necessarily for Blacktown, but I think she originated near Blacktown. Mm-hmm. So just to keep me straight and honest. Um, but anyway, post-football, Pentecost directed a short film titled Sexy Thing, which was in competition at the 2006 Cannes Film Festival. So there you go, something quite different for a Matilda than we've seen before. That was pretty interesting. Uh, hot topics of the week. The first one I'll just run through quickly by myself and then we'll jump into some good conversation about the rankings. So the first thing is that FIFA and a UN agency have planned a global network to tackle sexual abuse in sport, which is a very important initiative, particularly given what we've seen not only in football, but in other sports around the world. So a really good initiative. We just have to see how it works, how committed they are, and if they're putting money into it or just saying do it from the side of your desk. In other big important news, the rankings have come out. So the rankings come out periodically. I think this is the first time that rankings have been released in, in the last four months for the women. Maybe not an important point in time for the rankings. Sometimes they come out just before major tournaments where it's really important because then you work out where you are seeded. Uh, No surprises at the very top. So the US women's national team who Australia just played two matches against stay on top. The big mover in the top 10 or one of the big movers, but biggest mover I think by points is Spain. Thoughts, Madge, Eric, on the rankings? Well, I mean, Spain, they're, they're just going nowhere but up. So I would suspect. Um, and oh, when's the Euro draw happening? So that's going to be happening soon. So um, Oh, uh, oh, the tournament draw, it's already happened. Has it? Okay. All right. So it won't impact yeah. it there. But, uh, but yeah, so um, we might see some more movement after that major tournament, I suspect. But, um, yeah, so I think we'll probably see Spain um, keep climbing. It's really interesting that... Um, Brazil have sort of maintaining their spot sort of there in, um, in seventh as well. But, you know, Australia still maintaining that 11th spot outside outside the top 10. Uh, it'd be good to get a few results and, and get back into that top 10. And maybe leapfrog Korea, um, mm-hmm. North Korea, who are still just sitting there with no movement because they've been doing nothing. Yes. It's a- it's an interesting point, Madge, as well, because when we come up to the Asian Cup, which is just a month and a bit away, we're not necessarily be going, going to play teams that are that highly ranked above us. It will be a tournament for good points rather than just the friendlies. But, yeah, I mean, you also need to play teams that are above us. The chances of losing, losing against a team below you is a risk that you don't want to take. But anyway, for Australia, maybe at the moment, it's not the biggest deal if they do lose rankings points because they will still maintain their position in the Women's World Cup in the same group pot group. Yep. Anyway, Eric, your thoughts on there as well? Uh, just, um, I mean, you think you've all covered it well. No surprises. I think... My main takeaway is uh, congratulations to the Philippines for moving up to their highest ever ranking of 64th. And that's, that's another team that obviously will be looking to build on things at the Asian Cup, which is already next month. I've just realized that. Uh, where did the time go? What uh, do you think is the big change for the Philippines? Is it that they're getting more uh, games? Yeah, actually playing games is the big change. 
Yeah. Okay. I think the other change for me is that the Netherlands have dropped from fourth to fifth and France have gone up from fifth to fourth. The Netherlands are interesting because not that long ago, they were the Spain, in my mind anyway. You could just see them going up and up and up and, and they've stabilised a bit. And maybe that's what's happening to Australia as well. You can go up and, you know, you can get to your peak, but then maintaining that peak is something that we're seeing probably with the US. Sweden have dropped and come back up. So, you know, there, there will be some change. Canada maintain their sixth position on the, the rankings as well, which I think for them is good at the moment, but they did lose somewhat recently to Mexico. So rankings are always fun, but like I said, at different times of the year, it's more important than other times. All righty, what else has happened in the world? I, I think with the Matildas, they've just been playing club football, so we can talk about that later. Round two of what we will always call the dub, but the A-League women's came about. How were the? How was the broadcast? Did we notice any glitches this time around? The only stream I actually really paid attention to was the Melbourne Derby, which, as far as I can tell, was fine. Um, there were some tweets about Adelaide Canberra, which, um, and potentially some of the commentary, which I'd rather. I think it's. I think everyone said. What they needed to say already. Uh, oh, tell me, because I, I was watching oh. the game. I wasn't actually really looking at the tweets. Although at one point I thought that they were, they got Michelle Heyman's name mixed up yes. with Haywood. Paige and Haywood. my wife, yeah. my wife and I were watching the match together, and she's like, "How can they get that wrong?" And then I clicked that there was also a Haywood, but it wasn't who they were calling Haywood. Yeah. Mm. I think it was just glaring, especially when you do it directly after a goal that Michelle Haywood yes. scored. Yeah. It's probably the most egregious part. Yes. Um, you can you can maybe let it slide when it's just, you know, just in general play mm-hmm. once or once or twice. But uh, that's, um, yeah, a, a pretty big one to get wrong straight after a goal. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Dale and Stefan. We've got you joining the podcast as well, just as we're going through round two results. So I'll call them out and jump in when you want to talk about the exciting, sexy bits. But Newcastle against Wellington. Wellington in round one had quite an interesting game that people probably weren't prepared to see. This time, maybe we were prepared to see it, and it was quite a different game. Eric had provided some post-match commentary from that match as well. So Newcastle were 5-1 victors over Wellington. Anyone want to talk about that match? Yeah, I think I'll do that. Um, Yeah, it's a fun trip up to Newcastle. Um, I just got in a tattoo and then all my phone bailed me out from um, getting stuck in traffic on the motorway, but I I made it with, you know, several minutes to spare. And I think it's right. Wellington couldn't repeat the high of round one, uh, but, you know, it's all part of the learning process. I think the very well-spoken Phoenix head coach, Gemma Lewis, said post-match, they gave the Jets star players too much respect and didn't pressure as much as they did against Wanderers, so that's something they'll work on. By the way, I encourage everyone to, if they haven't already, read the Gemma Lewis article on Keep Up about the challenges of having a bunch of kids and living away from home for an extended period of time. Uh, there was New Zealand football history with Ava Pritchard's uh, first goal. Uh, Ava Pritchard scoring the first goal for Wellington, so their first goal in this competition. But that was after really the horse had bolted in a strong second half from the Jets. Oh, and uh, also Talitha Kramer made her return to the national stage almost three years after her last appearance, which was for the Wanderers. So uh, Molly Appleton was delighted by that. And for the Jets, nice to see Kirsty Fenton score her first goal in the competition, even though it might have 
not been intentional. I not so them. lovely I to love see. Those goals. Yes, yes. <laughs> the as I think it might have been Dale that said the reverse um Tessa Tamplin, someone <laughs> wearing a player wearing a ribbon and scoring with an intended cross. But yes, yes, it was not nice to see Kirsty Fenton get taken off with an ankle injury. And I'd love it if players I mentioned in my Jets pre- season preview could stop getting injured. But yeah, it's Newcastle. Also, on another first, at first, um, uh, A League women's golfer, uh, lightning fast Jets winger Sophie Harding. So all in all, a uh, lovely, lovely time out for the Jets fans. And Ash Wilson, understandably delighted after the game. Very good. That's a nice wrap. Thank you very much for that. Would have been a tough trip home for the team from Wellington. For those people who are new to the A-League women's or new to the podcast, the Wellington team, because of COVID restrictions, aren't based in Wellington at the moment in New Zealand. They're actually based in Wollongong. So I don't know how far or how long that would take, but four hours. I imagine, I imagine yeah, that the bus rides... Drive. Yep. Bus road home would have been yes. pretty somber, but mm-hmm. yep. I think Gemma Lewis also talked about, unless I've made this up or read this somewhere, they talked about there are lessons in losing football mm-hmm. as well. Yes. So it's not not all bad that they yeah. had gone oh. down. It's how yeah. you react in those circumstances. Yes. The next match that we have on there, Brisbane were at home against Perth. Brisbane, who suffered an unlucky defeat last round. Uh, Madge, you want to take us through this one? Yeah, so last round we were hoping to uh, turn it around and I, I think this one was a little unlucky as well, but maybe not as unlucky as the first round. I thought Perth really set up uh, really well and uh, I guess the uh, one of the, the main questions I had about the Brisbane team going into this season was whether or not their attack could click and actually put the ball away and and I think um, that's you know what we've seen in the first two two games and in particularly in this second game, they, um, they were good periods of possession and controlling the ball and 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 the attacking um and at- attacking raids but not really getting a lot of quality chances um off on goal i don't think morgan uh, aquino had that much to do compared to to the first game so perth really tight um tidied up their defense and um and brisbane couldn't find a way through and and if you can't find a way to get through and and get get yourself on the scoreboard you're always going to you know leave yourself susceptible to the that's just football things happening like what happened getting a um Eka putting a foot out trying to deflect the, a shot and just looping over George Worth into the goal so uh disappointing but you know really fun night I'm gonna say um the the game was moved from the Gold Coast to Perry Park here in Brisbane so there were over 2,000 people on a Friday night uh, in the heart of Brisbane uh, at the home of uh, football in Brisbane. So it was a really, really fun night. So I guess that's, that's always a positive when, when you can get a big raucous crowd going and, uh, and hopefully we'll see similar going into next week, but congrats to Perth. They've gotten off to an absolute flyer. Uh, and as far as Brisbane's concerned, I guess it's, this is the type of, to, to get into that probably, you know, those third and fourth positions into those finals positions. These are the sorts of games that, Brisbane would be looking to get some points from. So they're really going to have to get a move on. And Perth have started, you know, set themselves up really well, considering that, you know, both Canberra and City uh, have sort of split split their games. Uh, so Perth looking good. Yep. And good to see Katrina Gorry out there. I think positives for Perth have been Katrina Gorry's out there. Aisha Nori is playing really quite well. I think she's getting plenty of time on the ball and pretty good disposal 
accuracy as well, not just getting the ball but doing something relatively reasonable yeah. with it. I thought for Perth, uh, Crane seemed to be pretty good. Um, Hannah Lowry, I think last week Neil said that he thought that she hadn't done enough. I actually think that she's getting on the ball enough and it's more about what she's got around her as well. So, yeah, coming out with a win is one thing that your team is consistently able to do it and not just winning through a little bit of luck is something else entirely. I've just updated the show notes as well because I did have the scores reversed for the next game where I had the Wanderers defeating Sydney 2-0. It was actually the other way around. Uh, do I have a volunteer, Dale, Eric, anyone really? Uh, I, Eric, you were there. Um, Eric described it to us as a very much emerging Jets performance from the Wanderers. Uh, I, I think that they, uh, I think, I mean, it's it's pretty common to say, but like yeah, well, it's a, this may seem like a bit of a cop-out in terms of analysis, but like Sydney were just clearly the better team on the day. Um, it's not generally a good plan to give the ball away like in the 18 yard box to last year's golden boot winner. Uh, but I'm then, sorry, you know, I, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on these subjects, so I won't claim to be, um, but yeah, I, I've got to say, um, yeah, as, as Eric said, I, I think that um, a little bit of pressure at Wanderers, to be honest, even this early in the season. Yes. And um, the, the best bit of Wanderers' performance was Sheridan Gallagher running over people. The worst bit was pretty much everything else. So yeah. They look like 11 strangers out there. It was not uh, fun to watch. And um, uh, as for Sydney, uh, Ante Juric, I got the brief chat to him post-match, happy with the result, but not really their performance either. He, he thought they were um, scrappy as well, which I think is fair enough. Was happy with uh, Sarah Hunter, who's um, really... I think kind of unexpectedly started both games so far and has done really well and has shown her wonderful passing range. I was uh, happy to see Remy's revenge though, scoring twice against uh, her old club. And uh, Remy kissed the badge after the second yeah, goal like, as well. Richard, big, big mood. You love it. And uh, Remy Simpson scoring against the Wanderers is something I've been manifesting uh, ever since uh, the 2018-19 season. If you mm. want to know why, uh, drop me a DM. I just want, don't want to say it publicly. <laughs> uh, I, I, the point that you make about like the fact that the, the performance wasn't fantastic. Like Sydney had nearly 60% of the ball, but like just couldn't string passes together. I'm just yeah. having a look at the stats at the moment. Neither team, like Wanderers below 60% passing accuracy, Oof. Sydney below 70%. Um, like it wasn't necessarily a, like a rampantly violent game that you're kind of like missing passes because you're worried about getting cluttered into. But I mean, you know, I can definitely see why, why neither manager was really happy with the performance. Mm. But as you said, happy, you know, Sydney got the three points and sometimes winning ugly is what good teams do. Mm-hmm. Two questions. One question, where did you get your stats from? Just because Cheryl and the keep up site aren't going very well. Mm-hmm. Me too. But anyway, that's, that's one question. And then the other question is, what does it look like for Catherine Canuli? Catherine Canuli, for those who aren't aware, is the head coach of the Western Sydney Wanderers at the moment. In terms of what they should be hopefully achieving with the team that they have, and I'm not saying that they've got the, the AA team, but where should they be benchmarking themselves at the moment? Good question. I think the uh, benchmark would have been to beat Wellington pretty convincingly last week. Yes, if I'm yeah. honest. Um, and I know that we we discussed how well Wellington played, um, but I just as as Eric said, like they, it looked like they met in the car park and were just like, okay, so this is a cool preseason game. Um, it's 
it's a kind of been an issue with Wanderers for a couple of seasons now that they haven't necessarily been able to put it together, which is a real shame because they've obviously got that fantastic facility out in Rudy Hill and they've got, um, you know, a relative, got a huge swath of players to pick from in terms of uh, New South Wales. They've got juniors. There's um, obviously a selective sports high school out that way as well. Uh, two, two actually. Yeah. New South yeah. Wales Institute as well. So Institute. there's plenty of youth, um, but it is, you know, and I don't think, I think it's tough on Catherine Canulli as well because um, it feels kind of like she's kind of fallen into this job. I like, mm-hmm. I know that she was an assistant for a long time, but um, with Heffernan going so suddenly at the end of last season, or really in the in the midway through the through the the, the off season, Canoli kind of being thrown into this. I know that she's been a coach for ST Raiders uh, at a lower level, but it, there's a big difference between kind of like you know coaching at state level and and you know the big the big dogs. Um, and, and in a way, I kind of feel for her in that sense because she hasn't really had that ability to have her like to craft this team in her image. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, in saying that. Uh, there's, there are some positives for them. Um, it's relatively early in the season is definitely one of them. They got a point last week is another against the team that was very obviously kind of looking to not concede. Um, but as, as Madge said before, you know, the, the first recipe, the, well, the first step to winning football games is typically putting the ball in the net. Uh, and if you can't do that, you're not really going to win many. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, by the way, thanks to stats legend Andy Howe for putting this on Twitter. In the Sydney Derby, two 15-year-olds made their debuts in this game. Sydney midfielder Mary Stanish Vladi and Wanderers defender Alexia Postalakis. So uh, it was good to find out what positions they play because I didn't know. And neither of them are regular NPL first graders. So Stanish Vladi was in the reserves. And Apostolakis hasn't played higher than NPL under-17s until now, which is – so that's quite the jump. But uh, good to see her make it. Oh, very good. Thanks for that. And thank you, George, for his little vocal intro there. I don't know if you really, heard my really good barking. chat from George. Yes, really good <laughs> chat. Made more sense I think than I did. So, yeah, <laughs> perfect. All right, on to the next match, which is a little bit of a, an Eric V. Cheryl combination thing going on here. So Melbourne City is the Melbourne Derby. We had Melbourne City against Melbourne Victory. Melbourne Victory, obviously, last last year or last season being the champions. Just like to say that any time that I can. And they won yet again. So it was a 2-1 victory over City. I think the key points for me is Alex Chidiak, first game out of the gates, uh, She's she's landed. She's such a professional, heavily underrated. And, and I think there was even an article which referred to her being diminutive. I don't see her game that way. I just see her being an excellent player on the ball, just the ball close to her. She's she's brilliant at it. She created the, oh, I think it was the second goal, which saw... No, first goal. Lynn Williams' score. Was it the first goal? First goal, oh. first goal for Catherine Zimmerman. You're quite correct. So I've made yep. things up anyway. But um, Chids was really, really valuable in there. We've had Chids on the podcast b- before, so she's a great person to watch play football. Lynn Williams in her first game for Melbourne Victory. Previously, she played for the Western Sydney Wanderers. She's come out and she's scored a goal straight away. I think she didn't come on until I'm making it up, but second half sometime or other. So, yeah, it was interesting to see how victory went without their captain, Kayla Morrison, who it's been confirmed that she did her ACL, but she was still at the ground and still part of the support network for the team as well. Melbourne City, um, Eric, your thoughts on positives for Melbourne City, even though they lost? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're difficult. They're proving themselves to, at the very least, be difficult to beat again. Uh, it's good. Uh, Tori Termuth played a full game. Darcy Malone made another sub appearance. Uh, Hannah Wilkinson, I feel like it's she's getting into the right areas, so surely the goals will start coming soon. But, yeah, it's a... And also, Winona Heatley looked very neat and tidy at the back for uh, Melbourne City, so she's been really impressive. Um, that's a that's a great signing. Sorry, Madge. Yes, so. I know, I know. But no, but uh, on, on Hannah Wilkinson, there was a lot of online chat about people, including myself, having Hannah in our um, She Plays fantasy mm-hmm. teams and yes. um, getting very excited about that, that break on goal. But uh, yeah, so you hope that she'll start putting some away because that, that's probably what they really need at the moment. Um, at the back, they look they look pretty good. They look mm. pretty solid um, uh, with, yeah, Stoddy and and Heatley and Tumuth. Um, so um, it's really just getting those attacking shoes on. There's a few yeah. teams in that boat, I think. Also, I, I'd Winnie love to know... Good in round one too, Eric. So Sorry? Winnie was very good in round one uh, yes. against Amber as well. Yes, yep. she was. Um, and also, uh, I would like to say, Polly Doran fast becoming a hip and shoulder expert. I love the way she just moves people off the ball so she can have it. It's it's wonderful to see. Uh, I think that's pretty much... I mean, yeah, not, not that we have to feel sorry for victory, but um, they're, they're losing some defensive ah, yes. with Amy Jackson getting, getting a red card in the game, mm-hmm. which, considering that they're playing Brisbane next week, it's like, well, may, maybe, maybe. <laughs> can I just say? Can I just say that was hope. that was up there with the most obvious red cards I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. uh, like not like she may as well have just walked off the pitch. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was saying this to uh, friends friends of the pod uh, off off mic, but uh, pretty close to like the opposite of a Gordy Howe hat trick in in ice hockey. There's, <laughs> there's this concept of a Gordy Howe hat trick, which is where you get uh, you get taken off the ice for a fight, you score, and you get an assist. Uh, own goal and a red card uh, is pretty close. So, for, uh, a shout out to Amy Jackson for what was, in fairness, a brilliant finish. Uh, just in the wrong. You could see when J- Casey. I just watched the replay just uh, just then. Casey Dumont looks like somebody's just like stolen her car. Um, <laughs> Jackson just nods it in, and she's just like sitting there. I know this is a visual gag, but she's just sitting there like waiting for soup. Just like, oh, there's nothing going on here. Poor thing. Um, Got to say, she's been in good nick too, Casey Dumont. Um, really, really been impressed with her. She made that really good save against Stott um, at the back stick uh, in this game, which was pretty handy. And, and obviously coming back from an ACL as well. So good to see her um, back in good nick and back in the league. Yeah, Dale, I, well, I'd agree that that save was probably for me, save of the week. Though. I thought that was a great cool. save. Good call. In, in podcast, that save of the rounds or save of the weeks, we've sort of, um, had them off the shelf, but happy to put them back on the shelf. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, Stefan, how about you take us through? We need to give you some airtime as well. And I, I can't see what top you're wearing, but I like it's like niche black going on there. Oh, it's the, um, it's the G- German away, away uh, jersey from the last uh, Euro. So, yeah, it's Very yeah, nice. Nice, nice jersey, yes. Um, Very nice. Little, thank you. Just a little bit on the um, on the Paramount coverage, though, for that um, – for the Melbourne Derby, I was actually playing football while that was on. So, and I still haven't been able to watch it. Um, Twenty-four hours later, the, the game is still not up. So, just wanted to. Mm. Throw, throw that I thought I saw it. Hmm. I had, okay. Because I've just I looked a couple of times. I haven't seen it, but if I'm wrong, I'm, I apologise. But 
No, it's a, I think it's a fair comment. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if it's 24 hours, but I missed the game no, between right. Bris, Brisbane oh, and no. Perth. The, the full game isn't up. Hi, yeah. Oh, I missed dear. the game between Brisbane and Perth and I needed to watch the whole thing just for from a voting perspective. And I couldn't watch it straight away almost on delay like you used to be able to. You'd be able to, mm. you know, if you missed the first 10 minutes, you could start and just catch up when it was on KO. But, you know, is that, the biggest thing in the world or is the quality of the vision important but anyway uh take us away Stefan through the last match of the round which was Adelaide defeating Canberra 2-1 it looked better for Canberra until the end it, it did uh and in a game where there was very little between the teams statistical wise um it was a very good bounce back from Adelaide I have to say against after their round fairly heavy round one loss um to victory um but it did look better for Canberra. Uh, we, we set up a little differently. Um, we're still tweaking things, I think, the team in green. And I think there's probably still a little bit of tweaking to come. But we had um, uh, Carly Ross back and starting on the right uh, with Laura Hughes in front of her. So they're good mates. So they would have enjoyed that. Although I think uh, Laura is perhaps is probably a little more effective in the middle of the park, in the centre. But um, we also had Lauren Keir in the middle with Ali Haran. And uh, Chelsea um, Washington moved into centre mid and Grace Ma moved out of uh, centre back into a six role. So Ashley Sykes was on the bench and um, Ashley was um, was very good in the second half. She gave the team some much needed energy in the, in the second half. So um, I was trying to heckle, but I was on mute, so it didn't come out very well. I said, you can't have 10 mil- midfielders. <laughs> You want yeah. all of your players to be in the midfield. Yeah, well, I think I think the midfield is where we've still got some work to do. I don't, don't think it's quite working there yet for us. So, um, but uh, you know, we're off to we got off to a good start. We scored our first goal for the season, a nice uh, through ball from Chelsea through to Michelle. Um, the commentators were wondering about whether it was offside or not. It must have been a near thing, but she took it delightfully with a with a left foot. So, the first goal for the season for the for herself and the team and. Um, Adelaide has had some good performers. They, the, um, Emily Condon was very good. Um, but the star of the show, I think, was um, the Japanese player, Sho Sasaki. Nanako, two, yeah. Nanako Sasaki, yeah. Yeah, yeah so two, um, two moments of real magic from her when she um, uh, struck the, um, the first goal from outside the box after a, uh, an errant back pass from from Cambria United in their own third and Keely Richards saved and came out to Sasaki and she belted it in. And then that delightful little, um, little scoop ball over the yeah. top for, uh, for, for the win. Yeah, you can't, so. you can't come, as you say, like you can't complain when you lose a game to like, obviously campus defense could defensive shape could probably have a word, but uh, like that scoop, you see that on a futsal court and you're like, oh, okay, so this, this person's quite good. But to see that in like a full field, you know, 11 v 11 game is just something else that that's up there with honestly, one of the like best short range assists I've seen in the, in the history of the W league. I know that's a big call, but like to pull that out in stoppage time to win a game um, that you probably didn't really have all that much right to, to get the three points out of is, you know, mm. take some player. I agree. And it was her two moments of quality that decided the game in the end, I think. So, um, yeah, so Canberra, Canberra building, I think they're making making um, progress. But, you know, two losses from two games, short season, it's going to hurt. And um, they're going to have to um, to get things right fairly quickly. 
Um, it's very good that Carly got through 90 minutes and she she played with, she was very dynamic in the first half and probably got a little tired in the second, but got through the 90. So that's really good for her. That's her first 90 minutes probably in over a year um, or a year or so. So uh, it's good to see. Um, so yes, yeah, a bit of a work in progress still with Canberra and, and perhaps a little more tweaking to come in the midfield, I suspect, but uh, let's wait and see. I've, I've got a, a yellow card actually today. I need to give it to Dale right now. I think the, the mention of, of futsal, we might see Eric swooning a little bit. So we have to be ge- very gentle when we talk about I, fut- yeah. futsal. So how many retrospective right. cards do I have for my feature articles? Or you, you're suspended for the next eight weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not- <laughs> no, Sorry, no, 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 one's, no one's getting their articles published. Oh, well, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, just before we go off the dub, I, one thing I was probably disappointed with this round was some of the crowds, actually. We had, we had two derbies and two doubleheaders, and both of those crowds, I'm pretty sure, were under 2,000. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the Melbourne crowd was... Uh, we had Angela Christian Wilkes there um, mentioning the fact that anybody who went to that game was in the corner bay because they only had one side of the stadium open. Yep. Um, getting blasted by a, the sun, I believe. Yeah, it was a hot one in Melbourne, uh, like seven inches from the midday sun. And it was, no one was going to sit out in the, out in the sun at that ground, at that ground. Uh, and just, then, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the Newcastle game, it was a Friday, Friday game starting, I think three or four, four o'clock, five, three or four o'clock, five p.m. Five p.m. Yeah, but you know, yep. it's really difficult for people to get there. Yeah. Um, so you know, just another yeah. little gripe without double headers. Is is it still partly a COVID response? I have to admit, I didn't go to the Melbourne derby. I was ready to go, and then I completely blame my wife that we went out to a very long lunch and we basically didn't get there. But even still. I'm still considering the impacts of do I want to go to a game? Do I want to be in that sort of environment? So I, I'm uh, not surprised there's a little bit of a, a I mean, at the moment. I, I was going to say, we'll come on to this probably later on when we talk about Queens of the Week, but um, like the fact that Wanderers game was before, so like Sydney fans probably would have travelled if it was a doubleheader with the men's team. Ah, uh, but the game was the the MacArthur game after that didn't feature the Sydney men's team, so it was Western yeah. Sydney uh, yeah. MacArthur in the second game. MacArthur obviously don't have a W League team or a women's team. Well, they have a women's team, but they don't play in the A League women. Um, so Sydney, who generally turn up to these games, if if we look back historically, whether they've been at Marconi or wherever, they generally get a decent turnout. Um, and in terms of the Melbourne game, I I don't know. I don't know why that there wasn't more there. Um, I think it was also potentially again just because it wasn't. It didn't feature both sides that were playing in the game afterwards. It could be that. I mean, it could be a thousand things. To be perfectly honest, but, um, I, I, and that yeah, kind of qualifies as that kind of qualifies as a joker of the week. And speaking of jokers of the week, we may as well throw another one in there now. This week there was a, a new partnership announced for the um, the Liberty A League. Or maybe it's the actually it was the A leagues in general, and it's a gambling partnership. Now I'm not going to mention mm. who it is, but for me and Madge and I were talking a little bit off mic. It's it's not something that I want to see in football. It's not something I want to see in sports. I don't think it plays a part. I absolutely believe in the financial viability of these leagues. I, I get it. I just wish that this wasn't the way that we saw it happening. Yeah, anyway. I don't think that's. 
I don't think that's really hard to justify. I mean, it's it's hard as somebody who follows the Sydney men's team, who both uh, men and women are sponsored by the Star, which is Australia's largest gambling organisation mm-hmm. um, outside of brick and mortar, um, to then kind of say, oh, well, we shouldn't have gambling sponsorships. But at the same time, like, at the same time, really, like you don't have to go to the Star and gamble. It's a hotel. That's where the Lyric Theatre is. I went to see Book of Mormon there. It was very sweary, but very good. Um, but like, I've never gambled at the Star. There's no. I think that in five to ten to fifteen years, we'll look back at these, and you know, gambling sponsorships will be our Marlboro Man. I don't think there's really any question about that. That's um, exactly what Madge and I were talking about as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, joker of the week there. Let's talk about some um, maybe better news in football. The Women's Champions League, we're up to the final stages at the moment. I think uh, Dale tends to be our absolute expert on this. There's something that everyone will want to make sure that they listen to. If you haven't already seen it or heard about it, we'll go through a little bit of a conversation about Sam Kerr and her yellow card. But Dale, do you want to take us through the results? Maybe just for time, just go through the Aussie results if possible. Yeah, sure. Uh, Just pulling them up for you now. Um, So I think the biggest result... Uh, of the week will leave till last, but we will go through them now. So uh, this week we did have, uh, so Savet, which is uh, Tessa Templin's team, went down 3-0 at home to Wolfsburg. Uh, that's Savet's, I believe, uh, seen them out of contention, unfortunately. Uh, Chelsea nil, Juventus nil. We will come back to that game in a moment. Uh, BK Hecken went down Dylan Holmes's team to Bayern Munich at home. They went down five goals to one. Arsenal played their game at uh, the Arsenal Stadium for sponsorship reasons uh, against Barcelona. And boy, howdy, did they lose 4-0. They were absolutely beaten off the park. Uh, Interesting fact about that game, which uh, I haven't shared with anybody. um, Barcelona wore last year's third strip, the yellow jersey, because UEFA does not allow them to wear their purple away jersey because it has colour-changing elements. That's this week's sartorial okay. note with Dale. Sorry, ex- explain. It's hyper. It's like a hyper color. color. Is, it, yes. is, it, is it a hyper yes. color jersey? So it has a it has a <laughs> it has a, uh, a color changing element on the badge and the Nike tick, uh, and because of that, they're not allowed to wear it. Thanks, okay. UEFA. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what Barcelona were wearing; they could have been wearing trucks for all that matter. They got they absolutely. Um, pounded Arsenal into the dirt. Uh, 4-0, they went down. Um, and the last game of the round that featured any Australians was Lyon 5, Benfica 0. That was in Portugal. Ellie Carpenter obviously getting a run out for Lyon. Good to see Arda Hergerberg back from the start as well for that one. Uh, but I think the the main talking point was Chelsea 0, Juventus 0. Um, Sam Kerr killed a guy. Uh, <laughs> she just... She just tackled him into space uh, and it was probably the best thing that happened to me all week. So thanks, Sam. (laughs) So what are everyone's thoughts on the call? Because I I want to, and I don't want to cause trouble here, but Mm. referees rules, right? They're they're on the pitch for a reason. They're they're the gods out on the pitch. Um, And I did ask a friend of mine what the technical reason was for the card. And I'm going to somewhat read, I'll pretend it's my thoughts, but it's basically she was given a caution in theory because of unsporting behaviour and or for showing a lack of respect for the game. But technically, hold on to your seats, don't fall off, but technically it should be red card for violent conduct if you apply the full interpretation of the law. 
Yeah. yeah. It, the, the rule is um, with, uh, or I think the other, the other section, so it's violent conduct or uh, endangering the safety of an opponent is the, is the other way, which is one of those rules where it's like, you don't have to make contact with the tackle if you're sliding in at knee height kind of thing. I was really surprised she wasn't sent off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a yellow card. I think that if she was sent off, I mean, it would have been a farce. It probably would have been rescinded as well, honestly. Uh, but yellow card means it's been dealt with on the pitch and it can't be rescinded. Yep. And look, I'm all for, and the person that I spoke to also said that, look, you know, it's it's still within their remit to interpret the rules and do what they think is, is necessary. I think the conversations that have probably been had in most pubs around Australia and probably around the world at the moment is that good on you, Sam Kerr. Um, you're definitely copper spot in our queens of the week any final thoughts on that anyone else yes. want to have oh, a say yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. oh, magic first. You, you, okay. i feel like we okay. i feel like we're going to say the same thing but yeah well yeah I, i'm on on the people who are coming up with the obnoxious um thought experiment around um oh you know if if that was a a, a woman who ran on and, and a bloke did it um, yeah, I, I, I get pretty annoyed um, with those sorts of equivalences. Um, one, the security, security would have been better. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Security should have been there. Security would have been all over it if it was a, a player running onto a Champions League men's um, ground and would have been able to just walk around the players like that. And, yeah, and there is a, a, a different context, I think, um, when there's a pretty smug, obnoxious bloke just wandering around a field um, when there's been some pretty horrific history um, of, yeah. of attacks on particularly female athletes on, on pitches, so mm -hmm. um, and 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 sport and yeah. Yeah, sports grounds, so um, I think this is is one of those. It's it's okay to not tolerate uh, intolerance um, yeah. and just give it the old hip and shoulder. Yes, and um, yes, I will age myself by saying I remember the Monica Seller stabbing incident. It's like the first thing, yeah. one of the first things I thought of, and yeah, that could have been dealt with so much better. The reason I heard for this individual being on the pitch is incredibly lame as well. Apparently, he wanted a selfie with Magda Eriksson. Uh, ben Gilby has selfies with like the entire Chelsea squad. They're not hard to get, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But. Also, did enjoy Magda Eriksson's um you know, congratulatory bum tap on Sam Kerr yes. after absolutely wasting that guy. Yep. <laughs> Stefan, your thoughts on that? You're conspicuously quiet. Yeah, no further thoughts. Uh, it was uh, same as Dale. It was, uh, it, it made my week in a way as well, just for the, uh, for the theatre of it all, I guess. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, you know, I do worry that it sets a precedent for, other people coming onto the pitch and the security not being there or the players have, having to deal with it. So I, I think it's something that probably needs to be looked at in the wider context. Uh, so the Women's Champions League continues this week, Thursday and Friday morning, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. There are some games on at very reasonable times. And I'm probably not the expert on this. Some of the teams have already qualified. Some teams have yet to qualify and we're waiting for some of those uh, final results. So it will be quite yeah. interesting. The big, the big one is is Chelsea Wolfsburg. Oh yeah, that one on yes. Friday morning, seven o'clock. Set your alarms. Um, so Chelsea are above Wolfsburg on the table because uh, they have a better record against Wolfsburg. So the way that it works in the Champions League 
is that uh, teams who are equal on points, uh, their places are determined by head-to-head results, not necessarily goal difference. Um, so Wolfsburg have to get a result against Chelsea to qualify. Uh, Arsenal uh, have already qualified, but will will want to be kind of like, you know, playing themselves into form against Hoffenheim. But as you say, um, Chez... 4.45 games, I wouldn't blame you if you're not getting up for those. That's more than fair. Um, but the 7 o'clock games on Friday, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. People don't care that you're not working hard. Just watch the football while you're at work. You have it. You have my permission, please. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's whiz around the world as fast as we can just to make sure we've got time for our Queens of the Week. So in Japan, the um, competition there is still postponed with no further information at this time. I think it'll kick off in the new year. And as we heard, Alex Chidiak is playing for Melbourne Victory at the moment on loan from Jeff Chiba. In the FAWSL, I don't know if anyone wants to talk about all the results, but I'll whiz through them. So Chelsea had a rare defeat to Reading. So it was a 1-0 victory for Reading, which was huge celebration for them. So well done to mm. them. Uh, it was a one-all draw between Everton and Western United. Birmingham City went down 2-3 against Man City. With did, No, Hayley Razzo did not score. It was Kaya Simon who scored. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, not for Man Kaya, City, she didn't. But um, No, no, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Kaya Simon scored in the match for Tottenham against Aston Villa. So they had a 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. And then in the match between Arsenal and Leicester City, Leicester City, it's top v bottom, and it was a 4-0 victory, which is interesting because Arsenal just coming off the back of the Champions League beating by Barcelona as well. So you can see the top of the FAWSL is not necessarily competing mm. very well with the other leagues or at least with Barcelona. Any quick thoughts around the matches in the FAWSL? Um. Birmingham City led twice against Manchester City, which is a big surprise. And yeah, just Manchester City's woe. Well, they won, but I mean, yeah, they're supposed to be. Big, big, they're supposed to be result. wiping the floor with Birmingham. Really big result for Man City. Literally the richest sporting women's sports team in the world. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal also had three quarters of the ball against Leicester, so pray for <laughs> Leicester. Yes, <laughs> that's a lot of running. Yeah. <laughs> It's also one of those interesting ones like Arsenal are, are sort of in a very good position now to sort of take out take out the league, and um, which seems a little bit odd when, when Chelsea feel like um, the team that that have the form and and mm. and have the players and 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 the talent and and the performances. So that loss um, against Reading, um, a really big loss for Chelsea because it it really mm. just embeds Arsenal up there on top of the ladder. The good thing about the Women's Super League is that it's a long competition. It's not like the dub where, you know, you blink and you lose two games at the start and it really puts you on the back foot. I think there's an opportunity here for anyone to still give Arsenal a little bit of a tickle and a challenge. And it'd be interesting mm. when we see Arsenal and Chelsea and yeah, see how those things go. But I think it looks like an interesting season. I also yeah. think back to when Ben Gilby was on the podcast and g'day to Ben. We hope that we'll have him back on the podcast in the next couple of weeks when he's on school holidays. Mm. But I think he said Arsenal were no chance or they'd likely miss yeah. the top three. Oh, <laughs> I got something for this. Um, after... In his wonderful, I mean, this kind of links into what we're discussing, in his wonderful FA Cup final piece where Chelsea demolished Arsenal, his original wording was, um, it's in, it basically, pretty much, it's impossible to see Chelsea not winning the other trophies. And I edited it for 
on just to help them out a bit, and this is why, because uh, now they're four points behind. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, hmm, they're not leading the uh, league. I mean, the I moment, did, man. I did predict Arsenal to miss the Champions League, but we don't need to talk about that. Oh yeah, oh, and I, I'm not not that I'm one to talk about predictions, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's move on. Scottish Women's Premier League. Partick Thistle went down nil to to Glasgow City with Aoife Colville, who I'm told is not one of ours. She's one yeah, of Yeah, why? So- she's one of mine. She's not one of yours. Uh, I don't know what's... I mean, nice, <laughs> well, nice, to, she- nice to get the updates, but... That's okay. why she's in here then, because she's one of yours then. And Celtic had a 7-0 victory over Motherwell. So that's Jacinta Galabadarachi. I couldn't actually see who the goal scorers was, yeah. were because when I checked the scores, I just literally had the scores. Mm. Um, in yeah. France, we have a look and Montpellier were 1-0 victors over Soyo Charente. Um, yep. Dale, I look at you to help me pronounce oh, these things. Actually, I think I heard that Mary I've Fowler looked, got an assist. Yep, assisted, assisted the only goal of the goal. game. I did look look that up. So, yeah, Mary Fowler continuing to ball out. Absolutely fantastic. On you, Mary. And she was actually, we don't have this in our notes, but wasn't she listed in, in the young 11 of the year or something or other? Sorry, oh, I'm yeah. Probably not. Oh, what world or the world stats football? Oh, God. Like some world youth 11 of the year she was in it. And it was also like a three-four-three with um, four attacking midfielders, but we were. But you know, I'd love ah, to see that know. team actually play together. And then Leon had a two-one victory over Paris, and that's all we've got for you at the moment. It's round eleven of twenty-two in France, so they're halfway through the season. Same story in Italy; they're halfway through the season. Uh, Ivy Lewis Pomigliano had a two-one victory over Napoli. And then Roma had a 3-2 victory over Lazio with Elamestra Antonio. So um, Lazio really on pretty much the bottom of the table there. In the Netherlands, PSV had a 1-0 victory over here in Veen. So Amy Harrison is on the winning side, but she was actually um, on the bench the whole time, didn't get a run. So hopefully her legs are going to get a run soon. Um, there was a little bit of news that I thought we should throw to Stefan for. Yes, they'll be, uh, if it's not too cold, they'll be firing up the barbecues uh, over in Norway on January the 29th when Fortuna Hearing come for come over for a friendly against uh, Carly Rosbach and Zealous K. Kabina. Fantastic! What a what a trial that game that is. Yep, that's that's awesome. And uh, I've also heard um, that they're going to be bringing two um, top line Swedish clubs over as well, or, or having practice games. So there's um, further scope for for Aussie versus Aussie in uh, in their practice. So Carly will be back. Uh, she, yes, Kelly's um, playing here until about the 8th, I think, of January. January, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, about that weekend anyway, yeah. Oh, I've oh, had a little Stephen. freeze on Stevan there. Oh, but, I, thought um, that was, I just assumed that was me. Sorry, but yeah. No, no, it's it's all of us. So we'll wait until Stefan comes back. We'll start into our Queens of the Week and roll us out to the end of the podcast. So maybe, uh, Eric, do you want to take us out? Yes. Okay, so we had briefly covered this earlier, but uh, my uh, Queens of the Week is the entire Reading team for their heroic defending in their 1-0 win over Chelsea. So if you didn't watch it, um, they scored a counter-attacking goal in the third or fourth minute through um, a Canadian Olympic gold medalist, Deanne Rose, set up by, uh, one of I assume, one of Cheryl's favourite players, Natasha Dowie. And then they pretty much defended inside their own box for the remaining 86 minutes. There was like several heroic blocks, um, saves from uh, the goalkeeper, Irish international Grace Maloney. But really, seriously, they just um, just put their bodies on the line for pretty much the whole game. 
um, to grab the win. And really appropriate that um, my queens of the week are threading a team that is uh, nicknamed the Royals. Uh, very good queen of the week. I like it. Nice little tie in it. And you're quite right. Natasha Dowie is one of my faves uh, for her time spent playing for Melbourne Victory. I put together the the pod post or the feature image, and I've definitely picked one out there with Reading that showcases showcases Natasha Dowie. I mean, I, I mean, I've got a few. I, I, I'm probably going to land on Sasaki uh, from from Adelaide because I mean, a goal and an absolute pitch of an assist. Um, what? What a way to help Adelaide get their first win of the season. So really showing some quality. And and another one that um, the, the Jets, the W Jets fans put me on to is, I mean, if you want some just quality Instagram um, content, Elizabeth Eddy, follow. It's like a chaotic travel blog. Um, Ooh, I like so, those. The yeah, best kind of travel get, blog. Can you give us a link? I'll, I'll I'll send the link through to um so yeah so she's got some great um some great reels going on 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 her Instagram so yeah. get on that if you want to be entertained. That's at Perfect. Elizabeth Eddy two the num the number two on Instagram. It should be easy enough to find. But I uh, thanks for the recommendation, Madge. Mm-hmm. All right, take the w jets. Uh, my my queens of the week are the teams Braitherblick and Real Madrid. Uh, who played in the Champions League this week in Iceland. Uh, it was freezing cold. It didn't get above one degree during the match. And Real Madrid actually had to wear their away kits because they probably wouldn't have been able to see each other. It was ah. that oh, yes, of course. Of course. Uh, white white so home. <clears throat> big, big, big shout out to them. Um, also a big fan of the ground where uh, they play because the, you know how we have like Rebel Sport and, you know, we've got whatever, Liberty and all these kind of sponsorships. They have just like a home loan conveyance. I am a local butcher, um, which we love to see. We love the we love the uh, the Sunday League feel of international football when we can get it. But, yeah, really, it, if, you get the, if you get the chance to watch the highlights, pretty amazing to see that the game went ahead. Um, it's, a, it's an AstroTurf pitch, um, but still they, they had to come out and, uh, like, remark the lines at, 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 at halftime. So um, big shout-out for that game going ahead. Okay, hopefully we can get a link to that one as well and can throw it into the show notes. And then, Stefan, some thoughts from you. Yeah, I was going to give it to Sasaki as well this week, but um, what I'd like to do is give a shout-out to Emma Stanbury. She um, watched her play in the uh, Capital Football Leagues the last couple of years and uh, ex-Cambria United player. It would have been very satisfying for her to come out and uh, put on a good show yesterday. She was very influential in the uh, Adelaide midfield and and got the win against uh, Canberra. So, well done, Emma. You didn't want right. to. <laughs> I feel bad that I haven't got Sasaki in our feature image, so I might have to redo some of my homework. And then just to finish out my Queen of the Week, so we're not doing 13 Queens and Kings of the Week this week. Last week was a bit much, but I've picked Fridolina Rolfo, which unusually I kind of felt like I wasn't her best friend when we were looking at the, the Olympics because the Matildas didn't fare so well against Sweden. But she scored a so Swedish international. She scored a top goal for Barcelona. And it's actually my goal of the week. So uh, shout out to Fridolina. Great job. Very, very schmick. Um, any final thoughts? Otherwise, we should wrap up. See you later and talk next time. Thoughts? Anyone? Nope. 
All right, we are all done. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us on the podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed what we've been talking about. Let us know if you thought it was great. Let us know any questions that you've got. We'd be happy to take questions and and talk about those as well. But on behalf of myself and all of the team at Beyond 90, thank you very much and long live the dub. Yeah, pleased with the three points, but not the performance. Um, I don't think we played well, but our three points is great, and we go to next week. Uh, missed passes, um, no consistency. We didn't really create chances, even though we, we were in the front third. So, yeah, wasn't happy with that. You must be happy with uh, Remy's performances. Yeah, Remy scored the two goals, so you've got to be happy with a striker scoring goals. She scored last week. Um, she seems very confident, obviously, coming from the Matildas, um, and she's a real good, uh, not just her goals, but her link-up plays, excellent, so she's getting better and better. That, that performance, was that maybe due to the fact that the Wanderers were also a bit kind of all over the place and maybe dragged you guys into that? Kind of yeah, style? yeah, it was. Um, the girls were saying you know, there's a lot of bumpy balls out there and things like that, so it was a bit of a fight, but when we did have it cleanly on the ground, we gave it away, and then the fight began again, so... We've got to take accountability for that. But, yeah, it did make it tough in terms of that. But, again, I am pleased that we got three points. And Sarah Hunter, she came off a bit early, but I mean, you must be pleased with how she's come in, that, that passing. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, she works hard. Um, it's probably the main reason she's in there starting at the moment. She, just, she runs all day, she you know, tackles, she's got tenacity. Um, but, yeah, we thought we'd put Rachel on uh, for a bit to give her a bit of a run. So. Yeah, look, I thought... Um first half we controlled the game fairly well lots of lots of possession good territory um, some good patterns in there obviously just not capitalizing on our on our chances um, and then second half again lots of chances some you know obviously taking a few of them probably lost a little bit of control at, at times in that few more momentum shifts but overall it was a it was a solid performance from the girls and I'm very happy that they were able to go out and um, I guess rectify or to an extent some of the things we talked about last week you know the the, the turning over of possession was you know a lot a lot less this week which is good we we look to play a more positive attacking brand of football which is what we've been working on a lot of the pre-season so you know for me it's still it's still not perfect but there were really good signs today yeah exactly and, and you know that's that's one of the big reasons we signed her obviously you know she's here and she's wanting to play and She's a she's a local girl, but she gives so much in terms of her experience and her quality. Um, and it, it's it's just it's a short season, you know. It's only fourteen rounds this week, uh, this year. So obviously a little bit more, but it's still a short time. So it's still really important to to kick off in a really positive manner. Um, you know, it was would have been great to have had her last week to to make that that start. But at the same time, yeah, you, you, you can't. You can't deny the influence that she had just with her calmness on the ball and, and her ability to find things. And, and she, look, she worked really hard in attack to, to try to make forward runs as well. And, and defensively, she was solid. And I think that I think that had a really big impact on what other players were doing around her too. Other players were stepping up. You know, the midfield worked really hard. You know, the, the wingers were looking to get in behind as, as much as possible, knowing that they had people on the ball that could find them. So yeah, that's that's definitely what she was able to bring and what you could see in terms of our performance. What, what was the most pleasing thing out of it? Um, just that we started to play Jets football. Like we, we talk about it at training, um, the way that we want to play. And again, you know, we, we could still be a bit more consistent in patches, but there were, there were things that hopefully the crowd saw tonight that were very positive um, and that looked exciting 
Um, and again, you could see a team that you know worked really hard for each other off the ball. Um, and I think from last week, probably the biggest thing that I was happy with was the you know fewer turnovers. Um, and you know, I think when you when you can actually maintain possession a little bit more, you can protect the ball a little bit more. Then you can start to be able to find players. And, and we had a plan. We had we sort of obviously looked at what areas we thought we could exploit them in, and I thought that we did that fairly well tonight. How does it feel having uh, now you've got an arsenal of, of scorers at your disposal as well to have four different scorers in, in that game? Yeah, yeah. Look, at the, it, it's um, you know it's obviously it's something that we thought about when we were trying to put together the squad um, and you know week in and week out in pre-season it's very hard to pick a starting lineup but um, you know we, we talk about our our bench players being game changers like that's kind of the language that we're using because we we want to make sure that they feel valued and they and that they know they still have so much contribution as well and um, yeah look to, to be able to have girls coming off the bench and scoring girls on the field scoring fullback scoring um, yeah, look, it, it, it was a, it was a good day. People were clinical, um, and I think yeah, it was uh, to know that you've got those people that can do that. Um, again, it's just we want to make sure that we can keep driving that momentum forward into future games, um, and that it, you know you, you still get those people consistently looking at creating chances and finishing. Yeah, I was just going to say, what, what did you say to them in the change rooms after the game? Obviously, you know, relief and 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 great to get the win, but twelve games to go. What did you say after the game? Yeah. Oh, look, I, I honestly I don't speak too much after the game. I think you know we have to yeah let them come off that and and enjoy the moment. Um, it's really hard I think sometimes to reflect on a performance and and for people to really take things in directly after a game. I I you know obviously I said to them good job um, and then yeah obviously we'll we'll evaluate and we'll reassess and we'll we'll look at areas for improvement. Uh, when we go into review first training session back we'll, we'll spend a bit of time making sure that they can see positive things but also that we're feeling accountable for moments where we maybe let some things slip because we want to keep getting better as well um it wasn't it wasn't a perfect performance so yeah the whether whether it's right or wrong how i do things after a game but i think the moment is you know they're all a little bit excited they're about to go to recovery so it's yeah, we want to make sure that they're actually going to take things in when we sit down, but definitely, you know, make them aware that was happy with what they do. That performance, do you think? I know you've talked about wanting to return to finals this year. Um, do you think that performance kind of shows everyone exactly what you're capable of and that you are a top four team? Yeah, look, I think it shows the potential that we have. I think we need to be more consistent. I think we need to have more performances like that. Um, before we can start to jump the gun, but I think yeah, if, look if we if we can put together performances like that, if we can be clinical, we'll definitely be very competitive. Um, and you know if you know if we do make those finals, it will be hopefully a handful. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's very early, um, and there are a lot of good teams, uh, and we need to make sure that we're putting those performances together week in and week out. And I think that's been a has probably been a challenge for us in the past to be consistent with winning performances week in and week out. So it's important for us to start this role and, and build on the momentum we just, we've just generated from tonight. How good also is it to, um, I mean, Kirsty and Lucy had their debuts um, in the league last week and Georgia had hers tonight? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's you know obviously it's it's great to be able to give people opportunities and um, you know when you see them play and they they step up and they have you know good moments. Um, it's 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 brilliant. And and again to know that you're bringing in people that can do a job and um, that's fantastic. So I was you know, pleased for Oz. She she did very well. So you had um, Kirsty get her first goal um, after just two games in the league. Um, how how do you think that's going to affect her game and how positive is that for her? Ah, oh, look, she's. I think that yeah, she. I think she was a bit um, shocked, but initially, obviously, then it, I think excitement. Um, but I think she'll take it in her stride. She's. Uh, she just wants to play, um, and I don't think she'll get caught up too much in that one moment I think it will be something that fuels her and um, and obviously you know I think it'll be something that people will see not that she's not capable of doing that but I think like she'll start to look at how she's able to get forward more and contribute to attacks and I think yeah I think it's just something that she's going to relish like it's a good moment for you as your first goal in a W League second game in in front of a home crowd in your home team that you played in the academy for so it's a it's a tremendous day for her, but you know, I think she'll just take it in her stride and I don't think she'll get too caught up in it. It's back to the it's back to the training pitch on, on Monday and obviously we'll, we'll reassess where she's at as well. Oh, so Sunny Franco and Marie Delvic were fantastic. Uh, did you make a conscious decision to attack Wellington down the flanks or is that just the way it happened? Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I, th- I think you know we we like to play an attacking brand of football, um, and we have people in those areas with quality because that's partly what we want to do. But we also knew that they had a very um, you know they have a very distinct style of play with their fullbacks liking to get forward as well. And if you can win the ball in certain areas uh, with those players gone, then there's space in behind. So look, they're little little things that we talked about. Um, we definitely spoke, particularly, obviously, Sunny started last week and uh, I thought against Sydney, both our wingers were coming probably a little bit too deep to, to the ball and we didn't have a lot of threat in behind. Um, so, that I mean, that was a message this week to, to make sure that we got ourselves into positions where we could hurt defence, whether that is in wide areas or over the top in central areas or with combination play. It doesn't bother me how we do it. It's it's just being connected and making sure that we can we can hurt teams by looking to yeah, turn them around at times. And uh, there was another first Air League women goal, I believe, for Sophie Harding. So after she didn't quite find the back of their last season, it must be great that she's got them got off the mark pretty early. Yeah, look, again, Sophie's been working hard in pre-season. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can see you know, she went away after last season with a, with a I guess, a drive to, to get better and to try to make sure that she was being more consistent in front of goals. That was definitely something that we were asking of her last year because she is such a threat and she can find herself in those positions. Um, so for her to score a goal today and it was it was a good goal, um, yeah, very happy for Sophie. Yeah, it, it definitely was was hard. I think in terms of you know what we were aiming for was trying to use the platform of last week and build and improve off of it. And I think it, in moments we did, but not consistently enough. Um, and I think we kind of made mistakes and and we got kind of we got punished for them. And I think with the players that they have and the quality of players they have, we, we have to expect that. Um, and I think yeah, they definitely showed some quality at times. Um, and even their their performance from last week to this week, they've definitely kind of. Um, done some work and improved over this week, and, and they showed that um, today. So, so yeah. Yeah, because did you feel like Newcastle were a much tougher 
opposition than, than Western Sydney were last week as well. Uh, they, they certainly felt like it um, today. Um, I think, yeah, some of their players really stepped up today and, and kind of showed their quality. Um, and it definitely, um, yeah, obviously, we, you know, we didn't have the lack of surprise anymore. We knew they were going to be prepared for us. They knew we were going to play with um, high pressure. I, I think at times um, we slipped in that as well a little bit and we probably, um, you know, didn't keep our foot on the gas as much as we would like and we gave them a little bit too much space. And I think with that type of player um, that you're playing with, if you give those players too much space, um, then it means they can dictate the game a little bit more and I think that's what we started to see in some of the second half is they started to dictate a lot more and, and we weren't disrupting them enough um, and then and then we ended up paying for that. Yeah, and despite the uh, kind of early dominance, it was a rather fortuitous way that they opened the scoring, it must have been a bit of a sucker punch. Yeah, definitely, um, but you know, that, that's the game for you. Um, we, we, live, we live and we learn from it um, and we know that teams like that are going to kind of punish us when we kind of make those sorts of mistakes. Yeah, do you think the team was like rattled a wee bit in the middle of the second half and with those two goals in quite quick succession? Yeah, I think, and, and that comes with um, the inexperience and, and like the nature of the team as well. I think, um, you know, it, it's really hard when you kind of go a couple of goals down in quick succession, especially um, from our own mistakes as well at times. I think they kind of wore that and it was trying to then bring them back up to, to, to go again and push through. Um, and that's learnings for them. You know, we're in a league, we're not in a in a kind of World Cup situation or a tour or a short turnarounds. Um, you know, this is a this is an extensive league. We're not going to be judged off just our first game. We're going to be judged off our entire season. So, um, yeah, we need to work on that. Yeah, and I asked Ava earlier in the week who was going to be the first goal scorer and ends up being her. I mean, that must be a nice consolation because it does seem like it means a lot to the team to have someone get to have the first goal. Yeah, definitely, and it meant a lot to her as well. And and I know that you look at that result, and it's hard that the goal kind of goes missing a little bit. But that's still a little piece of history for us. It's a little piece of history for her, and um, and I'm just proud that they kind of kept pushing for the goal as well. They even tried to push for a second one. Um, so even though there was a moment where they got rattled, I think they tried to kind of ramp back up again and, and put some pressure on and try and win the ball back and, and try and get some goals. Which yeah, I'm really happy for Ava. Yeah, I'll just ask one more. Um yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but um, you know, this is what the, this is what they're in for. They knew kind of when they signed up that um, you know it, it was going to be a full league. They knew there was going to be some highs and some lows, um, and you know, yeah, we had a high last week of a, of a good performance, um, and we weren't able to back it up. And I think you know what we've talked about with the group is is kind of. It, you have one good performance um, people aren't going to really judge you off that we need to learn how to back up and how to improve our consistency um, and that's going to come over time we're going to learn that um, but yeah definitely it's going to be um, trying to get everyone back together um, find the positives within that game I think will be important um, and then also find those moments that we really need to learn from yeah, definitely. I think that was that was the hard thing is the momentum for the first. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of build up for that first game, and there was a lot of adrenaline and emotion um, with that game. But um, now it's about us settling into the season and realizing that this is now week in, week out. You know, we have to keep preparing, we have to keep learning, we have to keep improving. Um, whereas I think there was so much hype for that first game, it almost became the focus. That first game was the focus rather than um, us as a team in the season. Um, so you know, I think now they're starting to realize that. 
nobody's this isn't just gonna people aren't just gonna lie down for us and, and expect this to turn into this big fairy tale moment um, of this new team that comes in um, so yeah it's definitely learnings for us um, but now it's going to be the focus on on us as a team how we want to improve um, and, and we want them to keep being brave we want them to keep playing that's how they're going to learn but they're also like young players who are going to make mistakes as well but it's going to be how we respond to that um, how we adjust and how we prepare for the next team ah it's it's huge um, I think to see like young players coming through and, and like people being given those opportunities to debut, um, given opportunities in this league as a professional um, in female sport, it, it's massive for them. But then to come on and get a goal as well um, for, for both sides, um, it's something that is just going to kind of keep improving their visibility as a player, um, but also kind of their development as well along the way. So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty huge. And of course, Mona uh, Walker. Well, a long time Jets Academy player. Did you have to fight hard to get her to play for Wellington? Obviously, given her connections to this club. Um, yeah, and it, it was a little difficult, but I also think she has quite strong roots to New Zealand as well. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think it was a hard decision for her, but I wouldn't necessarily say we had to fight too too hard. I think, um, yeah, her roots and her family being from New Zealand, I think she was kind of um, thinking that she really wants to kind of represent kind of a Kiwi club, I guess. Of course, the first time we saw Talitha Kramer in action, and she was kind of a late signing for a member. So, what kind of perhaps for the people that don't know, what was what are kind of her qualities that made you decide to add her to the squad? I think last week. I mean, yeah, we were kind of looking for somebody that was gonna. By that point, we had kind of um, a preseason. We were underway. We knew kind of how the team wanted to play. So we were trying to find somebody that could complement that. Um, and I mean, if you look at Tilly's reputation in terms of and her experience, like she's a very physical player. She's an aggressive player. She she's quick. Um, she kind of likes to play the way that we do. So, and um, but she also brought some experience to the team as well. So it was kind of that complementary fit for us. Of we knew she would fit into the way we wanted to play, um, but also bring that kind of maturity and experience um, of being here, done that before as well. That hopefully would help the players around her. And I think if you could go in a bit more detail, what exactly do you think you could have done better out there? Um, yeah, in all honesty, like I think we gave them a little bit too much space um, at times. Um, you know. Our whole, our whole kind of plan a lot of the time is, is to kind of disrupt play, to kind of be a little bit more in people's faces, to be more aggressive and try and um, not allow them to settle into the game. But I actually feel like some of their bigger players and like Ivan Eggmans and, and, and people like that, we gave too much space. And I think um, that's learning for the girls being quite young and probably giving them quite a lot of respect and then being maybe worried about the type of player they are and the fact that they're so good and then giving them a little bit too much room. But if you give those types of players too much room, um, they're actually end up kind of punishing us for that as well um, and I think there was times where as well um, you know we were trying to be brave in the play out moments we were trying to be um, creative at times and I think we got ourselves into trouble in certain moments with our execution and our consistency um, of, of our passes as well so I think you know we turned over possession and then um, they punished us for it as well at times so yeah I think those are kind of two areas that on reflection and um, just as the game's been played I, I thought um, hurt us a little bit. Okay, and um, obviously it's what nine days to the next game, but do you think you will be making any changes, or is it too too early to say? I think too early to yes. say. I'll probably probably watch the game back and and kind of um, reassess. Um, we wanted to improve off of the performance we had on Friday, the the previous week against Western Sydney, but um, I don't think we really did. Um, I, I think we lost some of our discipline and our defending moments and stuff. So I think we still need to look at ourselves first and look at how we want to play and and kind of 
get back our structure and our discipline in those moments as well. But in terms of making changes, I think it's too early to, to really kind of say that at the moment. Of course, I'll be back in Wollongong, so I imagine that'll be a lot easier for your team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice as much as it's not, not home for some of these players. Um, it's kind of become our home, I guess. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be nicer to have that kind of, I guess, more routine um, in terms of leading into that game.